0: Ladies and gentlemen, what is going on? Yo, it is a beautiful, beautiful Monday night in the QC. Uh, It feels like Florida. It feels like back home right now. Amazing right now. It's like 74 degrees out. I might go for a run later at like 10 o'clock. I don't know. But, man, uh, I'm ecstatic right now. Like, there's so much to talk about. Uh, Last time we did a podcast here, excuse me, the first one of 2020. I did it with my boy, Ark. We covered the Connor comeback, the future of Connor, everything Mystic Mac, right? Today, it's going to be quick because we're doing our UFC 247 preview predictions podcast on Thursday. I, right now, myself, personally, I am so, so pumped. So, the rumor is it's pretty much set. Dana White has confirmed it. July, International Fight Week. The welterweight title fight, the biggest one of the year. The champion, Kamara Usman, is defending against the BMF champ, the number one contender, Jorge Gamebred Mazidov. I'm effing stoked. I am so pumped for this fight. You don't realize how pumped I am for this fight. Gamebred, it's been a long time for him, over a 15-year career. Fighting at mixed martial arts at the pro level, obviously you know his history prior to that. He did a little amateur boxing, uh, of course you know he was he got internet famous when he fought a couple times in Kimbo's web fight series on you know the street fighting in Miami. So now Gamebred will finally fight for a UFC world title. It's been a long time coming for him. Uh, obviously the resurrection, as he calls it, his comeback, which was Gamebred season last year, knocked out. The then-former number-one contender, number-two-ranked welterweight, I should say, Darren Till, knocked him out in Liverpool. Then he goes on to fight the drive that was ranked number-three, and coming off of his undefeated at the time, Ben Askren, who everyone said, oh, if he is to—Dana White even said it. If he was to beat Mazadov, he would be the next number-one contender for Kamar Usman. Game bread knocks him out, five seconds— the knockout of the year, the fastest knockout in UFC history, the flying knee. Picture perfect. Couldn't write it any better. Then he goes on. They do the big fan fight, the popular fight with Nate Diaz after Nate calls him out. They do the, the BMF creation. Uh, cool little gimmick. Obviously, you know, hardcore MMA purists and hardcore fans that like to call everybody casuals on the internet will say, oh, it's a stupid idea, it's a fake belt. Whatever. Get over it. We all enjoyed it. It was a fight for the fans to enjoy. It wasn't like it's an actual belt where, hey, we're going to defend this every other pay-per-view. No. The only, there's only a few guys that are going to fight for that belt. Obviously, if they maybe do a Conor and... Jorge matchup down the road, they could bring the BMF belt back. If they ever run it back with him and Nate, uh, if Mick Diaz somehow, you know, Stays disciplined and quits partying and gets in shape for, you know, three or four months, and he comes back to do a fight with Jorge, they could do it then, but it's not like it's going to be defended. You know, it, it's just Dane already said it. It was like a one off thing. Obviously, the only thing right now we could see if they do a rematch with Nate, which is highly unlikely anytime soon, uh, or if we get the mega fight between Game and Connor later on down the road. But that only time will tell. But right now, uh mazadoff is running off of this three fight win streak you know he had a split decision loss to damian maya then he lost to stephen wonderboy thompson at ufc 217 he went took a year off said he had to clear his thoughts had to get back had to get refocused game bread came back he's got three uh excuse me two knockout finishes and one tko doctor i mean it's a tko finish doctor stoppage but i mean he was up three rounds to zero uh just just you know he dominated nate pretty much from you know start to finish so He is the number one contender without a doubt. There is no question in it. Uh, Now, he is fighting the man who is looking to keep his reign going and grow the name and the legacy of Kumar Usman. Now, Usman has been undefeated in the UFC. I mean, he arguably beat the third, maybe even the second best welterweight champion of all time tyron woodley depends who you talk to i always rank gsp as number one welterweight and the greatest mma fighter of all time but t Wood, yeah i mean t Wood could be you talk to some people he's the second greatest welterweight you talk to some of the old hardcore fans they had matt third right behind matt hughes for me it's hard to debate different eras uh it's kind of like when you try to debate basketball you know oh what if you know oh if Who's better between LeBron or Matt? It's just, it's a different era. But I would say, competition level, maybe no one, you, you, people weren't as athletic maybe in the 2000s when Hughes is on his reign and then compared to the 2010s when T Wood was a champ. It goes both ways. I mean, either way, you have GSP and then you have Woodley and Hughes are your top three welterweights of all time. Kamar Usman completely uh, outclassed, uh, you know, he outclassed T Wood to beat him for the belt, you know, and there's nothing. You can't take that away from him. Nobody can take that away from Kamaru Usman. You know what I mean? You can say, "Oh, well, that was, was Woodley. Woodley had an off night." Okay, well, I hear the same thing about Nate. Nate had an off night when he fought Jorge. Uh, okay, it, it's the fight game. You don't have an off night. I mean, unless you're fighting every week, you know what I mean? It, you you just don't have a you, you don't have an off night. I mean, you get hurt, you get hit, and you're done. I mean, it's just it, it is what it is, you know. And T-Wood, you know, I he said, you know, there was a lot of distractions, this and that. I don't think he's never really come out and discredited, you know, Usman's win, which is the right thing to do. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's, he's not really that guy to do that. He, you know, he said, hey, congrats, champ, and this and that. I mean, he even said, you know, he was a better guy tonight, which Kumar was. If you watch that fight, I don't think Woodley won a single round. I think that was a 5-0 clean sweep. So you just can't take that away from Usman. I mean, granted, if they fight again— it might be T-Wood's night, and he could be prepared, he could be better trained, come out, and he could win the fight, you know what I mean? Like, Ark said on the one, you know, the podcast we did two weeks ago, Ark said, hey, nah, you know, I think Woodley had a lot going on, he had his rap album, he was doing his TMZ, you know, he was, you know, starring in B-rated movie, you know, this and that, whatever, I mean, it is what it is, but Woodley was a champion, you know, he he had a job, and his job was to go defend the belt that night, and He went out there, and he got outclassed. That's what it was. I mean, Kamar came in. He showed up. He was better prepared, and he won the belt. Plain and simple. They fight again. We'll see what happens. Maybe a different result, but right now, Kamar Usman is the champion. After that, we go into, at that time, in my opinion, the most hyped welterweight title fight since... Since probably a GSP title fight. Probably since GSP, Nick Diaz. I said that on the 245 podcast too, the preview show that I did. I I told Ark, I told Jordan, I told Norman, I told everybody that this welterweight title fight between Kamar Usman and Colby Covington is the most hyped welterweight title fight, in my opinion, since Nick Diaz and GSP. Granted, they both sold the fight very well. There was a lot of animosity, a lot of good buildup, and they both were just world-class fighters and wrestlers. And that fight, in my opinion, it was my fight of the year. Everybody, of course, ranked Izzy versus Calvin as fight of the year. Where if we so, that was a great fight too, but I felt that you had that fight with Colby and Kamara. It, everyone thought it was going to be a wrestling match. Everybody thought they would go in there and grapple. Nobody thought... They'd go in there and strike. There was no takedowns attempted at all for four and a half, almost five rounds. Those guys went in there and struck, stood with each other and threw hands. They used technique. They threw power shots. They hit each other. Absolutely blown away. It was a fight. None of us thought it, none of us thought it would go that way. None of us thought it would go that way. And then, of course, Usman gets the finish in the fifth round. Great year for Kamar Usman. He won the belt, then defended it. Granted, he had an injury there mid-year because he fought in March, and he fought again in December. He had an injury, so he had recovery time, he said. So that's why he was off for you know, a longer layout than, he, than what he wanted to be. And in the meantime, when he had his layoff is when Gamebred made his name and solidified himself as a number one contender in the welterweight division. I mean, the fight, you know, Colby was interim champion for well over a year. So Colby was guaranteed the fight. I mean, you know, he, he won the interim title against Rafael dos Santos when they fought for that belt had the number of kindership you know he had an injury and then of course he had a lot of negotiating you know stuff going on outside the octagon with UFC and Dana White he came back had the tune-up fight against Robbie Lawler put a clinic on against Robbie and then there was no denying all right we got to give Colby the shot and then him and Usman was just great build-up because neither one of them like each other and just fit perfect you need a dance partner. You need two to tango. You know, that's what we, that's what it always says. Ali always said, you know, I got to have an opponent to go against. So we did it. It was great. It was great build up. It was fight of the year, in my opinion. Those two guys put on a show and they brought out the best in each other. And like Kamar Usman said on Joe Rogan's podcast last week, he said, you know, I think if you look at the welterweight division, it's me and Colby Covington and then everybody else. He's like, I think later on down the road sometime we're going to see each other again. If it's for the belt, maybe not for the belt, but he said, hopefully it is for the belt. Granted. We'll wait and see on that. That's a topic. That's a discussion for another day. Colby Covington made his first interview appearance since the fight when he was on Ariel Hawani's podcast today. Uh, (laughs) Typical Colby fashion. It was was more of a promo shoot than anything else. I mean uh, it was him pretty much in his character and his gimmick just cutting a promo. Uh, If you guys want to check it out, go check out Ariel. If you don't want to listen to the whole podcast because Ariel's show is usually about three to three and a half hours, just go to YouTube select uh just check um search espn mma you'll have the different break there will be the different parts of aerial show with different interviews you'll have john jones but you'll see the colby one on there i believe it's the most watched one of the day so far so if you want to check it out it's about 20 20 25 minutes long colby does the full interview so uh it's pretty good i enjoy i enjoy listening to colby uh you know a lot of his stuff is uh it's a gimmick and a shtick you know but it it works good with them and um He's he's gained a lot of fans since that fight, which is very surprising because Ariel even said it like he announced Colby was going to be on the show and then fans were like going crazy for it in a good way. So it seems like Colby's gained a lot of, uh, I think, fans and a lot of people have respected him since the fight uh, with Kamar. But let's not get off topic here. Let's talk about Gamebred versus Kamar Usman in July for the UFC welterweight title. I can't stress enough. I... Want to go to this fight. I am going to set aside half the money I make the next two months, right? To go to this fight. Like, this fight to me, I want to go to a Connor fight, but you know how Connor is. A Connor McGregor show is like a Mayweather show. It's everything doubles. It's like when LeBron comes to play basketball in town. They double the prices because they know everyone's going to pay to see the show, right? I'll have to see Connor some other time. This is the fight for me. This is the fight I am so hyped for. I was hyped for Connor's return. I'm hyped for Khabib versus Tony Ferguson. Izzy and Yoel is going to be great. But this, to me, is the fight of the year so far. These two guys are total opposite personality-wise. Kumar Usman gets a a rap that a lot of his stuff is, you know, he puts on a fake character and he puts on this, he's like an unlikable guy and everyone says that. Uh, A lot of different fighters have said that, oh, Usman's not really like that. He kind of comes off as, you know, a douche or an ass or anything like that. Whatever. I don't care. It makes, for, it makes for great build when he sells himself. If he, is, if he is putting on a show, I mean, Colby does it all the time too, whatever. It sells and it gets people behind you. Jorge Mazadoff, on the other hand, is, he is who he is. He has that thing where I'd rather be hated for who I am than loved for who I'm not. That's who, that's who Game Bread is. He doesn't give a flying F about whatever. And that's why a lot of people like him. I mean, his star was built in twenty nineteen. A lot of hard, a lot, a lot of a lot of fans that have followed him from the start will know who he is and they'll know the journey he's been on. But to see the rise of him in twenty nineteen was absolutely phenomenal, and now it's finally paying off for him, where he finally gets that UFC title shot. It's a great story. So, but now he's going up against, you know the best welterweight in the world. He's going up against the UFC 170-pound champion, Kamar Usman. When you are a UFC champion, that means you are the best of the best. That's not taking any credit, or dis- I'm not disrespecting the Bellator champions at all. But the UFC is the number one mixed martial arts company in the world. Dana goes out, he pays the best, he gets all the best, he, he, I mean, they, it's the best competition. The top five welterweights in the division right now Kamar, Gamebred, Colby, T. Wood, Leon Edwards—you you take those and put them against any other welterweights in the world, they're gonna win, regardless. That it it just is what it is. People can you know hate on me for that, say I'm what you know I'm a casual is what the big thing is on the internet. Trust me. The UFC has the best fighters. It has the media hype machine. It is the NBA, the NFL, the WWE of of mixed martial arts. It's number one. So we have it coming together now with Usman and Gamebred. Last week during Super Bowl week, they were both in Miami because, you know, obviously Gamebred, he's Mr. 305. He's taking the name from Pitbull, it seems like. I absolutely love it. Uh, and then you have Kamar, who trains at Hard Knocks, right there outside of Miami. He's in South Florida. You know, he even said that, "Yeah, I want to go to the Super Bowl and chill before I worry about my next fight." They're there doing a press. Gamebred was promoting his new Mascal that is coming out. Hopefully this summer, probably before the fight. I'm sure they'll drop it. And Usman crashes or somehow ends up at the the media press that. Jorge's doing, because Jorge was on Dan Levitard all week, he was doing different, you know, he's, he's a frequent visitor of the Dan Levitard Stu Got show, obviously being Miami-based. Gamebred shows up, and, excuse me, Usman shows up to Gamebred's press, and they start getting into it. They start going at it. And, I mean, if you haven't checked it out, it's all over the MMA sites, MMA Junkie, uh, Ariel's, you know, posted on his IG. You could just, you know, YouTube it. Bleacher Report even put it out, which I thought was phenomenal. It's about time Bleacher Report does it. I mean, the only time I ever see them covering mixed martial arts is when Conor fights. I mean, that that's what, that's what drives me nuts, right? ESPN MMA is getting better. ESPN is dead. They dedicated a full, you know, ESPN MMA page now on all social media platforms, but... You know, I'm just kinda like, <sighs> Bleacher Report, I follow them. I mean, they put out, you know, good content. They ride the media train a lot. I get it. You know, whatever the hot topic is, they're always on it. But I would love for them to put more mixed martial arts out and build these guys up. Because a lot of these guys are great personalities. All they do is promote Connor, which I get. Connor is the business. Connor is the face of the UFC. We all know that. I know that. He's my number he's my favorite fighter. He always will be, right? Jorge's a close second, though, no doubt. But if we get bigger media, media sites, like a Bleacher Report, that can start promoting these guys would be phenomenal because they have such a big, strong following on social media. I would love for them to start promoting Kamar Usman and Jorge Mazadov and when Izzy fights next month against Yoel, or even this weekend when John Jones fights Dominic Reyes, who is an undefeated light heavyweight challenger. Like, I would love for Bleacher Report to start promoting that kind of stuff. But they did put this video out, so maybe it's a step there. And these guys are just getting into it. They're going at it. You know, of course, Jorge is being himself. You know, he's dropping a couple of F-bombs. Usman, you know, he's in his you know tough guy role. He didn't take a shirt off this time, like he did with Colby at the press conference. He had a cast on, which was crazy because I know we I think he had a cast at the, the 245 post conference but i haven't seen in public with the i don't i don't think he had a cast on during joe's joe rogan's interview i didn't watch the video version of it i listened to it i listened to majority of it on apple podcast but i did not see the actual video i don't know if he was wearing the cast then or not i can't tell but he was wearing a cast in this the confrontation um you know game break comes out says no man i'm not gonna you know, I'm not gonna eff you up right now. I'm beating up a handicap. You got a cast on. Like, I'll see you when I see you. You know what I mean? This and that. You know, Kamar saying, "All right, come at me. Do something. Do something." Uh, you know, just cool. Just, just, just a little build up. You know, I mean, no swings were thrown. Security jumped in right away, so there was no like, obviously, no one throwing down. Or you know, Dana would have came out for sure and been like, "Ah, you know," made a whole war deal out of it. Dana did show up though, the next day. Um, and did come out on ESPN and say that, yeah, we're targeting July for Usman and Mazadov. So July is where it's set at, you know, and this is going to be a phenomenal fight. You know, this is your, your old school wrestler versus striker. I mean, this is it right here, you know. Now, I think a lot of people, I, I think this though, right? Obviously, Usman's wrestling is a lot better than Gamebred's and obviously Jorge's striking is a lot better than Usman's striking but i you can't i mean George has wrestled North American Grappling Association tournaments i mean he's wrestled with Colby Covington for years i mean they were roommates for a few years they train they've trained at ATT together for 10 plus years. I mean, he's trained with high-level wrestlers and grapplers where he's got enough experience. Maybe he's not he's definitely not a division 1 all-American or even probably a division 2 national champion that like Usman was when he won the D2 title. I mean, obviously he's not that, but he's been doing this for so long grappling on the mats, wrestling, jiu-jitsu that he has enough that maybe he can stuff a takedown. He can fire off a submission off his back right and Kumar Usman striking yes sure it's not Gamebred's his technique his when he's throwing a double jab or he's you know he's coming over with the hook or Gamebred's mixing it up he's throwing a body shot in there with a leading up with another uppercut right after it or he's mixing it up he's throwing body kicks into a head kick or he's coming out with his Muay Thai gets you in the clinch. boom I'm gonna throw an elbow then throw a kick like what he hit Nate with in the first round of the UFC 244 fight maybe he's not as technical as Gamebred at striking but his striking's there. We saw it against Colby. Right? Both of him and Colby were tagging each other. They were throwing jabs. They were throwing hooks. They were coming over the top. Like, they were hitting each other. And he has power. We know that. Now, I don't think he's going to come out and fight the fight he did against Colby for five rounds where he stood there. Obviously, he's going to shoot for a takedown on, on, on game bread because, you know, he's not going to sit there in the pocket all night and fire off jabs and wait for a big shot because he'll get eaten alive. And I'm guessing... Mazadoff is going to know okay i'm going against a guy that is a all-american d2 national champ this guy is going to rest he's going to try to take me down and game bread has said it he's called usman out and said this guy all he's going to do is in game bread's words he's going to jock he's going to try to sniff my jock for 25 minutes that's that's jorge's exact words so they know that and i know usman knows that okay and his coaches are thinking, we're not gonna go in there, you're not gonna stand with him for 20, 25 minutes and look f- and we're gonna get a knockout on him. We're we're not gonna have a chance to, you know, fracture his jaw. Or we're not you know what I mean? It's just that we don't wanna play we don't wanna fight we, we don't wanna play with fire. Both of them know that. So they're both gonna be well prepared, I think. A lot of people are overlooking that. Now and a lot of times like this, I would say maybe, what, 60% of the time the wrestler comes out on top and the other 40%, usually the striker can win. It just depends. There's a lot of situations where, yeah, the striker has won. He's finished the wrestler. He's caught him. Majority, A lot of time, though, 60% of the time, I would say, the wrestler usually takes him down, wrestles his fight, either a ground-and-pound finish, maybe get a submission off, or wins a decision, right? But it's a fight. And I feel that Mazadov's takedown defense, his grappling and wrestling is good enough to stop Kamar's attack. Now, the thing that I worry about the most is that I feel Gamebred has cardio and he's conditioned enough. Is he as good as cardio and conditioned enough as Usman? That is the big question for me. Because the last three fights, we've seen it. I mean, he's finished everybody. You know, he finished Till in the second round. I mean, he's finished Askren in five seconds. And the fight against Nate, a lot of people said, well, George, excuse me, you know, he was, Gamebred was gassed. You know, he was, he, was, he was fading there at the end of the third round. He looked like he was, he was fading out and Nate was just coming on. And then, then the doctor, of course, stopped the fight with the cuts. So that's what I have to worry about. Now, the way I see it is if, if Matzadov is going to win the belt, He's going to have to put him away inside three rounds. That's just my prediction. He's going to have to beat him inside the first 15 minutes of the fight. If it goes to the championship rounds, it's going to favor Usman 80-20 to in my opinion because that's going to fall into the game that he wants. He's then going to look for a finish in the fourth or fifth round when he feels that Mazadov is gassed out and he has enough where he can say, all right, cool, I can take him down, I can finish him here, I can submit him, and that's what he's going to look for. Where Us, where excuse me, Mazidov has to look for. Okay, Usman's going to come out slow. I got to come out and I got to set the pace early. I got to try to finish him in the first three rounds. Either the first, second, or third round, I have to look for this finish to beat him to win the belt. That's just how I see it playing out. That for for the strategy, I just see it going that way. So it's your classic striker versus wrestler. It's interesting. I mean. But the thing is now is that it's not like an old school where the wrestler was just looking for the takedown, and he had no stand-up. Fighters now, especially the top-tier level fighters like like these two, they're well-rounded fighters. People don't realize that. Yes, Kamara has the better wrestling pedigree. Gamebred has the better stand-up pedigree. You know, he has a boxing background. You know, Usman is a division two national champion. He was an all-American. Like they have that background like you granted yes you know what I mean but a lot of fighters now that are trained at the top level that are full-time athletes world champion level fighters they do this full-time year-round granted when they're not cutting weight or in their training camp they're still working out and training though if you're telling me right now that Kamar Usman's still not conditioning himself He's still, maybe he's not hitting pads, he's not sparring, he's not going hard, but he's staying in shape though. Same thing with Gamebred. Gamebred's out there promoting his alcohol, but I guarantee it he's still finding an hour to maybe an hour and a half a day to get some type of workout in. It's just what the mentality is. Maybe I'm totally wrong, but I just feel that's the mentality of a a professional fighter. They're always working. I mean, I, I can't stress enough. I am just so hyped for this fight. Like, I am so glad Dana confirmed it. I want to go to it. This is the fight to go to. International Fight Week 2. It's going to be amazing. They're going to put a great card together. I hope we have some great fights on that card. Uh, I was hoping to be May or June. We get it a lot sooner than then, but it looks like we're kind of stacked up because I think Cejudo and Aldo are going to fight in May on that May card in Brazil. And then I'm, what I'm going with is either DC and Stipe are going to fight in June, or we're going to get for sure for sure Connor's next fight will be in June. Obviously, that's the plan. That's why Dana's booking Jan, or excuse me, July for Kamara and Game Break, because he wants that to be the headliner, which obviously it should. Both those guys deserve it. And they're both, I feel, guys that can be big draws in 2020 and going the future ahead as well, too. They're, this, they're, they're both could be household names. So it's looking like. We're going to have DC and Stipe, the trilogy for the heavyweight title in June, depending on Stipe's eye condition, if he gets cleared. And he, I know they said some I, I did hear, and I saw DC on the UFC fight night in Raleigh. He did say that Stipe was cleared, but I saw Stipe's manager on an ESPN interview say that... Um, the physician said they required a second surgery on on his eyes, so I'm, I'm not totally sure there. Uh, I guess I'll have to wait and see more reports that come out to see what the actual – the final decision is on that. But it's looking like I'm, – I'm guessing – because Dana I know wanted to book uh, during 246 week. Um, the UFC wanted to ride with – they wanted – I think they were hoping Stipe got cleared so they can do DC and Stipe in May. But then he didn't get cleared, so they put Aldo and Cejudo together for a Brazil card. And I'm guessing that's they're gonna try to book Stipe and DC in June. Or if not, they can't get it in June. I'm definitely, honestly, honestly going with um, Connor's next fight's got to be there. I mean, Connor already said it. You know, I mean, I know Dana is the only one preaching. He says the only one that makes sense is for him to fight the Khabib rematch or Tony Ferguson, the to fight, the winner of that fight. Now, I don't see a quick turnaround. If Tony does win the fight against Khabib, I don't see him having a turnaround to fight right away in June. I don't even know if he'll agree. Actually, I can't say he'd agree to it. Tony Ferguson is an absolute psycho, and he is a monster. So if Tony does win that fight, he might turn around and say, hell yeah, let's fight in June. I'm down. I don't know. Uh, But it seems like to me that Conor and his coach kind of want to stay at 170 for right now, and they're looking either to fight Justin Gaethje at 170, or of course now Nate Diaz was in Chris Avila's corner last week at the Bellator event, and Nate has come out and said that he wants the third fight against Connor. He said he should be cleared by April, May for sure to start competing. So after he had the surgery to fix his uh, to fix the cut on the eye that he got in the the UFC 244 fight, uh, so obviously big bucks, big business. That leans towards Connor and Nate the trilogy fight. Um, we talked to some other people that are you know big hardcore MMA fans. They'll say that that fight's always going to be there. I think the fight to make is definitely Connor and Gaethje. Uh, for me, I'm down to see Connor fight both. I would rather see him fight the trilogy fight with Nate if he wants to stay at 170. I don't see Gaethje moving to 170 just because him to move up in weight. Uh, it might if he does take the loss to Connor at 170. That's going to affect his chances of winning the belt at 155. He is. Uh, ranked 4 right now. Uh Connor and Poirier and Tony Ferger ranked ahead of him. Obviously, now if Connor goes to 17, they do the fight with Nate, I can see definitely a fight between Dustin Poirier and Justin Gaethje happening, a rematch of those two that fought. I can definitely see that fight happening and then maybe if Gaethje was uh, to win that fight or if Poirier even wins it, maybe the rematch happens. Or, you know, they fight the winner of that. I'm not sure yet. That It's 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 real different because Conor holds all the cards. We'll see what happens. But only time will tell. But I'm so stoked for this walked-away title fight. I mean, I'm ecstatic right now. I can't wait to post this episode up. Uh, I'm trying to keep it right around 30, 32 minutes today. We're going to do the 247 preview and predictions on Thursday. I'm going to have Ark on here. Arc has some big predictions for this fight. Either he's going to be a complete genius or he's going to be a complete idiot. I don't know. Either way, I guess we'll find out when he, you know, gives us his prediction and why he thinks that's going to happen. I got to say, I wasn't very excited for this fight. I'm always I'm always pumped to watch UFC, to watch a, a great fight night, especially a big card. I, I wasn't really sold on the Jones and Reyes fight cuz I felt, yeah, Reyes is a good fighter, but Jones is just so much better. I'm liking the trash talk though. Like these two have really got my attention on it because Dominic Reyes is straight calling him out and then Jones just went off on a Twitter rant today about how Reyes is not an athlete and just went absolutely off on, you know, Dominic Reyes. So I'm I'm liking the trash talk between the two. It's actually it's it's really built up and I'm interested to see how Fight Week's gonna go when they do the press conference, they do the final face-off and the weigh-in. I'm definitely Excuse me, I'm so interested to see how all this works out. So, it's caught my attention and it's got me really excited for uh, Saturday night when fight night happens. So, we're definitely going to be back Thursday. Uh, We are going to break down uh, the main card, we're going to give our predictions of it, and uh, we're going to. Man, I'm hopefully I want to cover it all within an hour. It might run a little over just because there might be some good topics and everything that come out uh, later this week. Like I said, it's fight week now, so Dana might break some more news regarding uh, May, June, and July going forward. We'll have to wait and see. Uh, it's going to be an exciting time. Fight week is always a great week. Uh, we start getting pumped up. Ariel and Chael, they do a great job on uh, you know their, their podcast and both their YouTube channels. Uh, they start getting everybody hyped up. Obviously, if you're going to be following a lot of the social media platforms all week, uh, everybody's going to be in Houston covering the fight. So it's going to be great to see what happens. So look forward to having uh, all you guys back here Thursday night. I will try to post that episode. Now, if I can't get it up Thursday night, I'll definitely get it up Friday sometime, right before fight night and weigh ins and everything. I uh, mean, I'm trying to get Jordan and Norm both on the show. I want, to, I want to get those two guys on here and just get their opinions and reactions to a lot of the stuff that's going on right now in the UFC. But I know I definitely have to have Ark on on Thursday. He will be here, and he has a prediction that, like I said, it could shock the world. So tune in, guys. We will be back Thursday night. I hope you guys all have a great Monday, great work, excuse me, great rest of the work week. And uh, yeah, absolutely. We look forward to seeing you, and I will talk to you guys again on Thursday. Have a great night. July is the date. UFC 252. Game bread versus Usman. Let's go. Oh, I'm so hyped.